Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We understand that today is the start of spring and springtime evangelization is big in my life. And I'm just asking the Lord to bless this interview and to be the central focus, the central part of this interview. We love you, Lord, and we're glad that we're able to call on you every time we need you. Now bless us individually and collectively so we can advance the kingdom of God one person at a time. This act we ask through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We would like to welcome all our listeners to Cajun Catholics, featuring outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. I'm your host, Todd Citron, and today my guest is Mr. Calvin James, a close friend of mine, a spiritual brother, a legend in Lafayette in football and beyond. Welcome to the show, Calvin. I'm glad to be here. Calvin, uh, you and I have so many stories to tell, but I want to start maybe a little bit at the beginning. Tell me a little about, about who is Calvin James. Uh, Calvin James is a former athlete, a father, strong Christian, a believer, and also one that uh, loves to share the gospel and uh, point people to Christ and let them understand who to help them understand who they are in Christ. A Christia brother that loves to invite people to Christia and to uh, allow them to experience some of the same thing that I have. Fantastic. So, you know, anyone who knows football in this area would say that uh, Calvin James is the greatest football player that ever ever came out of Acadiana. He was an All-American at USL. I was looking at some of your stats. I, I checked you out online last night a little bit, even though we're real close friends. And Calvin, I believe, caught 45, 46 passes his freshman year and scored six touchdowns and was an All-American. Exactly. And uh, so, you know, I know you love sports. And how is your sports career? And again, Tell me a little bit about your youth and how that plays into your spirituality today. Well, um, Fellowship of Christ Christian Athletes was an organization that I was involved with since sophomore in high school. I believe a good friend of mine named Scott Jolly actually uh, introduced me to that. With Fellowship of Christian Athletes, we would go on uh, retreats every summer. And uh, the first retreat I went to really helped me turn my life around. Help me understand who God was, who I was in Christ, and how to use my relationship with Christ as a tool in athletes. So that was my uh, earliest experience with, uh, with God. And you were at Como at the time? I was at Como yeah. at the time. I was a sophomore. Okay. And then on to college. Uh, you know, how, how was your faith life in through college and uh, going on transitioning into high school? Well, uh, Coach Sam Robinson was the guy that recruited me from, uh, from USL at the time. And he was a very intelligent guy when he decided, even though I wasn't connected with high school, he decided to send me to one more FCA uh, camp. Um, and that was at Tulsa at Old Roberts University. And uh, when I went to that camp, I was expected to be a, 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 just a, a candidate, but they turned me into a huddle, huddle leader, which really uh, changed the course of my life because I was in charge of 16 kids and uh, I was responsible for them for one week to lead them to Christ and to help them understand how to incorporate a relationship with Christ in their athletic, uh, in their athletic careers. So uh, when I returned back home after spending that week, I knew that 
I would never be the same again. It's just something that clicked in me. So when I started my freshman year in college, I was on fire. I was on fire for Christ. And I owe my success to that very event. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, I can still count that as one of the high points in my life. That's beautiful. So uh, I know many people in Acadiana know Calvin. He's got a big reach. And and one of the things about Calvin is he really, he's the man when it comes to the Bible. He's able to connect the Word of God to a deep supernatural spirituality where, you know, you, you can look at things that happen in everyday life and he can give you a Bible scripture that goes with it. And so when did you start reading the Bible? Well, I started uh, actually... My first Bible I received was at FCA camp, Good News for Modern Man. And that heightened my interest reading about who Christ was and, uh, you know, the uh, actually the rules of living. It got me uh, on a journey to find out who I really was in Christ as a Catholic. And so I journeyed and I used to go to a lot of different priests and ask them a little bit about what I was learning in the Bible. And... Uh, for those who are just starting out to read the Bible, I'm curious because you're the man when it comes to that. Uh, you know, where did you start in the Bible and where should a person start? I started in the book of John. Uh, John was uh, the most descriptive book that describes who Christ was as far as we as believers are concerned. And from there, I, I read in Romans. But uh, I would suggest every new believer to read, start reading in the book of John. Yeah, a lot of people want to start reading in, in today when, when they're starting out in their spirituality. And even for us that have been in it for a while, you, know, you just never really get instructions on where to start. I'm not surprised you're saying, John, you know, we know that the other gospels are about Jesus's humanity and John's about Jesus's divinity. And, right. and, uh, and you're a supernatural guy. Calvin has a lot of gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, something that I've seen from him and known, he likes to pray in the Spirit. Talk to me a little bit about how that plays into your life. Well, um, what happened is that it, it, it's not a, it wasn't an automatic thing. Through studying the Bible and living the Bible and sharing the Bible with people, it uh, actually uh, got baptized into the Holy Spirit and uh, speaking in different languages. And also recently, um, the gift of knowledge, the word of knowledge, the gift of discernment, and the gift of laying on of hands. And I think all of this came to me personally because suffering. The suffering that I had to go through in my body for the last 16 years had been tremendous. But recently I had back surgery and I got relieved from all that. But actually it heightened, even heightened, my spiritual connection with God. And so now where I'm at right now, and I'm so eager to spread the gospel even more, and being a campus minister at St. Thomas More, it gives me some tools to live by to reach these kids at a phenomenal speed. So this is uh, very tremendous to me in my life right now. And uh, I can't wait to get back into the swing of things so I can continue my ministry. But praying and communicating with God on the level that I'm doing right now has brought, uh, it gave me so much freedom and liberty that, uh, and a sense of boldness that uh, I don't think I'll ever uh, look back. You know, I'm just pressing forward, like Paul said, uh, and doing awesome. exactly what God <clears throat> has called me to do. I made my Cursia in uh, Pentecost weekend in 2004, Cursia 393, and sat at St. John's table. And 
that's something that, you know, when you make Chrysia, that's something that's ingrained in you. You know, for me, I'll say for us, when our relationship started, Calvin and I met at a basketball gym at Turlings. And then soon after, uh, Calvin uh, made Chrysia. And we go to Adoration at St. Pius. I've been doing that for a very long time on Friday mornings. And being in front of the Blessed Sacrament has just some incredible blessings. Uh, I know in my life, I never just realized what God had in plan. But tell me what it means for you to sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament, how that plays into your faith life. Well, first of all, before I come in on that, I want to just say that uh, Todd being my uh, spiritual brother, he always challenges me when it comes to my relationship with Christ, uh, either with uh, with statements or with questions and uh He's really challenged my knowledge, but what uh, he introduced me to uh, going to adoration and sitting before the Blessed Sacrament. And what I've experienced is that a deeper, a deeper relationship with, with, with God. And he sometimes gives you the answers to some of the things that you are dealing with at the present time and give you answers of the things that you need in the future. So... Being in front of the Blessed Sacrament has really changed my life in a, in, a, in, a, in a perspective that you're actually in the presence of God. You're in the presence of Jesus Christ. You could actually sense him ministering to you. And I wouldn't trade that uh, practice for nothing. Special time. It's very You know, I say time. that, you know, for my life, when I have questions about work or, or home or anything like that, you know, all those are questions are answered uh, in front of the Blessed Sacrament. You listen into Cajun Catholics with Todd Citron and Calvin James as our guest today. You know, Calvin is the ultimate raging Cajun Catholic because, like I said, he was an All-American at USL in the day, and he's a great Catholic. I think in my mind, Calvin's a saint and, and has a, a big ministry and will continue. Calvin wasn't always a saint. I want to hear a little bit about before that time. <laughs> no, I wasn't always a saint. In fact, uh, after the, my first year in college, uh, you know, I started uh, the Holy Spirit that had dwelt inside of me had started to fade away because I was making decisions that was unbecoming of a Christian. And that led me down a dark road uh, with uh, drugs and alcohol and uh, women, wine and weed. You know, we like to say, <laughs> say that. But uh, God never took his hand off of me. And I know like through those four years of failure, I call that, he was able to send people in my life, people that I really didn't know that would come to me and tell me that God expecting a change from me. God is expecting a change. In fact, some people were telling me that I needed to go in a different region to get a fresh start. Of course, I wasn't being obedient to what I was hearing, but God has a way of uh, getting our attention. And what happened is that uh, my uh, fiance's brother was living in California and I went to live with him because he lost his wife and I wanted to help him raise his kids. And so, soon, not soon after I got there, some uh, Pentecostals came knocking on doors and asking if we know the way to heaven. And uh, I actually answered them. Uh, I told them what they wanted to hear, I guess. And uh, next thing you know, I was whisked away to a church. I got involved with uh, evangelism. And uh, that was a new start for me out in California. And next thing you know, um, I'm out in the mission field, spreading the gospel, uh, had a position at the church, uh, uh, teaching young kids. 
And uh, that grew. That That's what really regenerated my life. And eventually, I was able to move back home after about 18 years and got reconfirmed as a Catholic and then began my ministry as you know it today. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Calvin and I love to play Bible trivia with each other. Uh, we, we go back and forth over the phone and in person almost on a daily basis. And uh, so we said we were going to save this one for, for the air. And uh, I asked him uh, last night a question that was asked me. If you, if you stood in front of God, what is the one question that you would ask him? Um, I mentioned about being in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I feel like that's a riddle. And the guy that asked me that question said, take some time to think about it. And when I knelt in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I feel like I got the answer to that question. Again, you don't ever want to waste that one question. So I asked you, Calvin, what, what is the one question you would ask? And God? I thought about that for a while. And uh, even though I am who I am in the kingdom of God, and I know a lot about the Bible, and I understand a lot about the Bible, but the one question that immediately came to my mind is I would ask him, what is the meaning of life? Ah, okay. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. And that's a that's going to be a long answer, I would think. Well, of course, it's going to be a long <laughs> answer. <laughs> but uh, I, I just, that's what I came up with. And uh, I don't know if it's one answer that fits, but that's the answer that uh, came out of my heart. That's the question that yeah. came out of my heart. I think, you know, with our faith life, that's a question that everyone asks all the time. And and, uh, and I think maybe uh, God's answer would be different for each person. You know, um, God wants uh, his will and your will to be in union, more so his will when your will is in union with his. Uh, that's when you're in sanctifying grace. So this is what I got in adoration on that. For me, the answer is there is no question. You don't question God, you know, and that came to me real clearly. Uh, just you, you should never question God. Most of the questions that people think of when I ask that question, most people are, already know the answer. You pray about it and, uh, and, and God gives you those answers, I think, through, through your prayer life. But I think it's about surrendering to Christ and, and, uh, and that the true answer is, yeah, uh, yeah. Th you don't question God. Uh, that's good stuff. Well, um, again, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. We, we have Mr. Calvin James, um, who's just uh, a, not just a, a mentor to me, a spiritual brother, a spiritual advisor, but I think many people in Acadiana know the reach that Calvin has. Uh, again, uh, just um, uh, an honor for me to, to interview him here today. So, Calvin... Um, Tell me again, you know, uh, a little bit about your testimony. You've told me that story. I, I would like to, you to you talk to me about uh, when you were in Houston, I believe it was. Yes. Um, I was uh, involved with the ministry in Houston. Um, I was uh, going to this church called Grace Baptist Church at the time, and I was leading the, uh, the offertory. I would give a, a little sermon before they would do the collection of the tithes. And of course, that grew into uh, me being involved with uh, a strong Bible study. Uh, it was a Bible study for couples. But I know over the years, God has been uh, dealing with me as far as surrendering everything to him that is not of him. And I was a slow fade type, type of guy. I faded out of the old and into the new. But whenever I surrendered all and I know people don't understand what that means but when you surrender everything that's not of God I mean that's not uh, 
you know, living according to his will, it's a has a tremendous impact. It had a tremendous impact on my life, and that really opened me up for all of the gifts that he has to offer. So what I want to say is that in Houston, I made my bones in Houston. He helped build me a strong foundation. And right at the end of the, uh, the 1990s, he spoke to me in a clear voice. He said, I have educated you. I have brought you this far, but I want you to go back home and spread the gospel in your own environment, in your own community, the way you have in, in California and the way you have in Houston. So um, that was really, that what really brought me back to Lafayette. Um, you, sh I, you shared with me the event that happened in Houston with uh, the, the, the lady, with the, uh, the gang member lady. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell that story. Well, it was actually in California. It was um, in California, okay. Yeah. Um, when I started in evangelism, I would go, they had me in on the west side of this town called Turlock. And that was kind of like the worst side. They, they had a lot of gang activity and, you know, a lot of, a lot of bad things. So I would go and I would minister in homes in that area. And what was happening is that they had a, a leader. Uh, her name was Julie Hernandez. Um, she was uh, a leader of this uh, gang called the Eight Balls. So when I would go in the neighborhood and witness to different houses, people's lives were changing radically. And what was happening is that it was taken away from the things that they were trying to do, you know, sell drugs and get people to join gangs and stuff. And so I had a confrontation with this lady and uh, she was telling me to stay out the neighborhood or this or that would happen or this or that would happen. But I wasn't listening to that. I was just a minister for, the, for, for God and I was doing what I was called to do. So eventually what happened one evening is uh, I was leaving from uh, a dwelling place, just got through, uh, you know, sharing the gospel. And uh, I met her out in the parking lot. And you had told me that she had really been after you, that she had yeah. told other people that she wanted to kill you. That's right. She had. In fact, we had two or three confrontations before, but I didn't know that was her intention because uh, no fear. I mean, I didn't, I didn't care. I wasn't even thinking about that. But that night, she, uh, when we had this confrontation, she came up to me and she had told me, she said, I told you I didn't want you coming around here and stuff like that. And I told her that uh, she's, she can't stop me from doing that. But, and so she reached in her uh, pocket or her band, her, her pants band, and she pulled out a, a gun and she got the, a clip out of her side pocket and she snapped the, the clip in the gun. And I guess the gun went off. I didn't guess. The gun did go off. And when it went off, I told her, I said, hey, stop playing with that gun. I said, what's your problem? And she pointed the gun at me and pulled the trigger. I was about like four feet from her. Nothing happened. She shook the gun, banged it on her hand, and asked, what was, what's wrong with this gun? And she kept pulling, and nothing happened. So my first instinct was to take the gun away from her, but instead I just turned around and walked away. And as I was walking away, I was just praying to God, saying, I hope I don't get shot in the back. But when I got to my car and drove off, I noticed my right leg was kind of feeling funny and I reached down and I discovered I was shot. I was shot in my lower front part of my leg, uh, right near my ankle. And, uh, you know, I had to go to the hospital and all that. But the thing is, 
uh, I didn't, you know, uh, press no charges. I didn't tell them who did it, but eventually they found out. And I did not press charges on this lady. But the ironic thing is about a week later, she was at this party at this house watching the door and uh, allowing who she wanted to come in and not. And this guy wanted to come in to see his uh, his wife and she wouldn't let him in. So he left and came back and he knocked on the door again. And when she opened the door, he just unloaded a 22 on her, shot her about four or five times. Wow. And it didn't kill her. But when she was in the hospital, I went to see her, to pray with her. That's I'm talking about and let her know that I forgive, I've forgiven her. And she was so freaked out over that, she couldn't talk because she had got shot in the throat. One of the, and she called the nurse in and, and asked them to get me out of there because she suspected that I had came to do a harm. But long story short, whenever I decided to move to Houston, about maybe six months after I moved back to Houston, I got a word from uh, California that uh, she had got killed. Uh, she went to see her mom in the graveyard, and the graveyard was in a city called Antioch. And uh, she was driving out of the graveyard and her van, she lost control of the van, and it hit a grave and it rolled over and threw her out and the van rolled on her and killed her. Hmm. So the reason I say that is because I believe that God protects those that he loves. If you don't try to fight your own battles, I think God can do a better job of vindicating us. But I tell you, that was an experience that I'll never forget. Even I got tears in my eyes now because this lady was meaning to kill me. But uh, I think God had better plans for me, and I'm just so thankful and grateful for that. I love that story of forgiveness and you to go into her hospital room and and, uh, and forgive her. I, that, that's just a beautiful story for me. So you and I are, are involved with Kersia in a big way, I guess. And what is it about Kersia, the Kersia movement and the people that are involved that you find so beautiful? Well, the thing I find so beautiful about it is the commitment that these professors have and the transition that you go through, especially since my career and going back and uh, visiting every now and then and having candidates myself to see lives change, is such a, 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 a have a, such a tremendous impact on me as an individual. Because uh, when I when you uh, first sponsored me to Minds, I told my my mother-in-law about it, uh, Pearl Narcisse. Uh, Pearl Narcisse, um, she. Uh, had made hers. And when she told, when I told her about it, she said, listen, I want you to remember three words. And I was waiting for her to tell me something like real profound, but she said three words, more to come. And if that wasn't prophetic, I mean, my life has been increasing ever since my Chrissy. I made my Chrissy nine years ago. Um, it's going to be uh, 10 years in 2020, February 2020. And when I went to my Chrysia, I went to my Chrysia to uh, get some directions in my marriage that was really struggling at the time. But later on, that same year in April, my mom died. And I really believe that's why God had me make my Chrysia to prepare me for such an event. And uh, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, shaken by it. I had my spirit was good and strong throughout. And uh, in fact, I was glad that... Uh, my mom, uh, God took my mom when she, she did because she was at the height of her relationship with Christ. I used to share with her a lot of times 
since I've been home. And uh, before my mama died, she was in the ver on the verge of calling and asking people to forgive her of some of the things that she may have hurt them with in the past. And I was so um, overwhelmed with that. And uh, I really believe that the Chrysia that I made was the right time for me in my life. Timing's everything. Yes, huh? sir. You know, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. My guest today is Mr. Calvin James, and we have a few minutes left in the show. And uh, so, Calvin, you and I have a lot of people that we touch out there that are that are really afraid to make Garcia, that are <laughs> a little a little apprehensive to take that next step. Maybe some of our listeners are out there. You know, I think some of our, our friends, I know there's some misimpressions that you're going to be a saint for the rest of your life after you make Garcia, that you got to, you know, your life's going to uh, automatically, you're going to be a different person. People are scared. What is it? you think that that we could say out there to, to, to calm some of those fears? Yes. Well, first of all, we can't say too much about the Chrysia because we have a rule of thumb. What happens at the Chrysia stays <laughs> at the Chrysia. But I'm saying that uh, the impact that it has on one life, it can help them to grow. Because uh, one thing I can say is that you make your Chrysia. It's a once-in-a-lifetime journey, a spiritual journey. But what they encourage us to do is to continue with action, piety, and study because that's what helps build your Christia. And it's not a thing that you should be fearful of simply because the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. And those three things come into play with all my Christia brothers. They understand that there shouldn't be no, uh, no fear, no reservations, because... Whenever God calls you, the only thing that we should say to him is, yes, Lord, here I am, and then let him do the rest. So the deal with Christia is we just have to trust. We have to trust God. We have to trust Jesus, and then just leave the rest to him. And that's about all I can say about that. So there's nothing to be fearful of. It is a challenge, but it's a challenge worth taking. Absolutely. So Calvin uh, is uh, a blessed with the, the amazing ability to uh, go around and pray with with people all around Acadiana. I know uh, recently you've had um, a rebirth in your spiritual life, which which if people know Calvin, that's a strong statement. And tell tell me right now what's going on. We have just a couple of minutes, but tell tell us what's going on in your life right now. Well, um, first of all, I just recently had back surgery uh, right at the turn of the year, and uh, I didn't realize that even through the last 16 years of my ministry, I was suffering with this pinched nerve. And uh, because I was still uh, progressing in my ministry, reading in the Word, it lets me know that that was a direct identification with the ministry of Jesus Christ, suffering. And with all that suffering, God just allowed me to, uh, you know, discover my gifts in the Word and knowledge my gifts in the word of discernment and also in the laying hand, the laying on of hands and, and healing. Uh, people are starting to get healed through my prayers and through my touch. So I uh, embrace that. And now that all of this pain and discomfort is gone, I have a clearer vision of what God is calling me to, you know, and stuff. And uh, it's amazing how you can suffer for so long and not know it because you're not distracted. You know, your, your focus is always on Christ. So what I'm saying that just like he did it for me, I think he can do it for everybody. The key is surrendering all and trusting him. Those are the two things.
things that we must understand as believers if we are to grow. Fantastic. Well, we're just about out of time, and I want to say to Calvin, who is my man, I love you, Calvin, and uh, you, you just uh, mean so much to me in my life. We're best too. of friends, and uh, I look forward to the rest of our life sharing Christ's message. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in to the Cajun Catholics Radio Show. I am your host, Todd Citron. For my guest, Mr. Calvin James, God bless from both of us. Thank Until you. next time, unleash the Cajun Catholic in you. Hallelujah.